Yep, I get it. I know exactly what you're thinking. Here we go. Another podcast. Well, you know what? I'm here to tell you something. This just isn't any other podcast. This is the Vision Life 365 podcast, where we give you a front row seat to organic missionary work. My name is Jason Sykes, and I'm here with my co-host, Gary Hale, and we're coming to you from beautiful San Pedro de Macorís, Dominican Republic. We're here serving with the DR Vision team. Our podcast is designed to encourage you towards Great Commission living. Along the way, you get to see the good, the bad, and even sometimes the ugly of missionary work. We hope to encourage and challenge you on your personal sanctification and ministry walk. Here we go. All right, guys, good to have you back here with the Vision Life 365 podcast. I'm sitting here with Gary and um, got a crazy little situation to share with you that happened to me yesterday. Tell me. Gary, do you like, do you like driving in San Pedro? Be honest. San Pedro and some, some sections, some towns, uh, sometimes it stresses me out. Yeah. Yeah. Like you're make, talking about San Pedro, not San Domingo. No, no. I'm talking about San Pedro. No, even like, San Pedro sometimes. Make you want to lose your salvation sometimes. No, I never want to lose my salvation. <laughs> whole, I will not lose my salvation. <laughs> I am secure they, in him. Come on, brother. Come on. <laughs> that's a whole different podcast. We don't believe in losing our salvation. But anyway, well, so yesterday we're coming back from Santo Domingo and we get off the exit. And do you know that gas station there you pass right before you go to the bridge, before you go to the bridge? Yeah. Mm-hmm. So this motorcycle comes flying out of the gas station and he pulls right in front of somebody. But it's not too far from me. Like I'm kind of to the slow lane side. This guy's in the fast lane. This motorcycle just... So I honked my horn. I thought, this guy is crazy. He's on a suicide mission. Yeah. Then we see that it's three guys on a motorcycle, but the guy in the middle is kind of slumped over. Oh. Yeah. Not good. They're driving down the road. They're, you know, they're not even getting to the bridge. And all of a sudden, this guy's flopping to the right-hand side. They're doing everything they can to keep him on. Plus, if you've ever ridden a motorcycle before, it throws your whole balance yeah. off. So dude's trying to keep the bike up. Flops to the other side, same thing. He's swerving all over. Finally, he flops to the right-hand side and just goes down on the pavement. Smacks his head. Head bounces. No, no, no. Bounces. And basically, they dragged him probably 15 or 20 feet. Well, we pulled off side of the road because we saw what was going on. We saw the guy had been passed out. And so, you know, everybody's kind of converging on the scene. What's going on? This guy's got a big old strawberry in his head from where they dragged his head along the thing. But he's he's... At first, he's totally out of it. I mean, he's just slumped over on the pavement. So they pick him up. They drag him. They're, they're like, what do we do? I'm like, I'm yelling out like, subito, subito, subito. So they, they grab the guy. They drag him to the car. We open the back of the car. He gets in. If you could have seen the look. Into on, your car? My car. Okay. My car. Because if there's nobody, I mean, put him back on the motorcycle. He's going to do the same thing. He's going to flop over and, yeah, that's sure. Sure. you know, scuff yeah. up the other side of his face. Anyway, so we get him in the car. He's out on the back seat. I mean, out. And the guy was with him, and we're going through traffic, flashing lights, honking horns, taking him to the hospital, which is like going out towards yeah. the mm-hmm. Naomi. Anyway, we got him there. That was our that was our that was our B Jesus moment yesterday. Uh, so they had a whole. I mean, they had a I had a motorcycle paving the way for me, and you know. It was crazy. And now you're going to ask me, what have you been into? <laughs> I, I can't compete with that. So, uh, so did the guy survive? I, he, Yeah, he did. I mean, he was out of it. My wife was looking at me because in moments I get in take control mode and the guy started to come to and I thought, I don't want this dude puking or whatever all over the back of my car. So I was like, dude, lay down, lay down, lay down, lay down. <laughs> he's just looking at me like, because he's dazed. Is Wow. Whatever it was, whatever, if he got hit in the head or whatever it was, he was definitely messed up. Got to the hospital. 
the guy from the hospital comes out and I'm like, you need a, you need a wheelchair. And he's like, uh, he's like, he, so he's like, open the door. So I open the door and, and he says, he tells the guy, get up. Well, the guy's all bloodshot eyes and everything else. Yeah. So he gets up and he just starts to slump over. And so we had to help him into the wheelchair and then. Oh man! And then somebody pulled in behind me while I'm still in the emergency room, letting the guy out, honking their horn for me to get out of the way. <laughs> Come on, man! <laughs> Welcome to San. Move it. <laughs> Welcome to San Pedro. Wow. So now, how do we even segue into? We our segue. Segment? Well, that's the day in the life of, of a yes, missionary. Yes, that's the day in the life of a missionary. Life. But this is this is relationships, relationship buildings in, in the community. I mean, I didn't preach at them, you know, on the way there. We had yeah, but you served them. We had bigger fish yeah. to fry, and. You, it's hard to hide the big, fat, ugly gringo. So who knows? We might run across some of those people that saw us take him to the hospital yeah. or whatever, or maybe see some of his family along the way. But you know that that does that does bring us to this point, though. That was an opportunity to, to service. That was an opportunity to to serve him and, and actually serve the Lord. You were, I mean, not to use the trite phrase, but to use it, you know, the I hands did. and feet of Jesus. But I mean, you were there. Right in his, in a very uh, time of need, and I think that really does segue into what we're going to talk about. Which is, today. we didn't even plan it this way. We I didn't. just thought it was really cool to share with you what happened. No, I'm sitting here listening to all these crazy details, and I'm <laughs> thinking, how in the world are we going to connect this to Dan uh, in Huntington, West Virginia? But it really does connect because I think that's something that's on his heart as well, and it kind of goes back to way back to where Dan and I even. Um, first met each other. It was just over friendship. And thankfully, cool. Dan wasn't flopping off of a, a motorcycle <laughs> or anything like that. But uh, the opportunity to just meet a friend. And so cool. that's what happened. So, so yeah. welcome, Dan. Hey, thanks for having me. Yeah, thanks. Uh, so, so Dan, I know you can't match that story, but uh, you've probably been running around today. And, uh, uh, you know, how's your day been going? Yeah, the day's been good. Um, Friday, as with a lot of pastors, maybe is is my sermon prep day. So, um, you know, I spent a lot of time on that this morning and just getting some other things ready for Sunday. And then this so, so you're going to blame us? I, uh, excuse me. Are you going to? Uh, yeah. So if this if the message is a little weak on Sunday, <laughs> we're cutting into your sermon prep. Sorry. Uh, no, 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 no. It 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 is. If it's not put to bed by the afternoon, then I usually push it to like first thing on Saturday when I can drink some coffee. Uh, you know, on Saturday morning and finish it up. But uh, no, I won't blame you. And then this afternoon, I actually was able to get out to a local park and get um, get in a four mile run, which which was really refreshing because I need that. Uh, that, that was one refreshing. Of the things I've tried to do. It was. And I I know I know it sounds crazy, but. Just during, awesome. like during this last year, like that's been kind of my release. It's just being able to get outside. And I even, I have even done that in the middle of the winter this wow. year. Uh, with, by the way, speaking of, you know, friendships with a friend of mine, um, I didn't get to run with him today cause he ended up getting called into work. Uh, but this guy's name is Brian Odell and he and I have been running together about once a week, um, for the past year. Uh, he ran in high school, so he's a much better runner than I am, but. Um, just, you know, just, just a guy in my church who is like grown in the Lord, um, you know, loves Jesus, uh, we're just, is all about discipleship and, and that's what we've been doing. Um, so yeah, there you go. We're continuing to, I'm continuing to do that all these years later. Well, that's cool. And, and you told me something the other day on, um, on chat, uh, a day or two ago that you, you did something special. You went out to see some, uh, see one of the guys that's been coming to your church from another another city, really, right? I mean, refresh us or refresh me about how what that looks like, what you did there. Yeah, sure, absolutely. So, um, you know, so this 
this is a high school senior. Uh, if you can imagine what a senior year, you know, would be like uh, during COVID-19. Um, but he's a high school senior, plays basketball at Hurricane High School, which is about 30 minutes from here. And um, uh, his name is Jackson. He, uh, he and his family um, are members of our church, uh, but, you know, they live 30 minutes away. So, you know, they, they make it as much as they can. Um, he sometimes will even come without his family when his mom and dad are on, on call. They work jobs where they're sometimes they're on call and he'll just come by himself. And, um, you know, I just, I connected with him about a year ago. Uh, he had a situation in their community. His dad coaches the middle school basketball team and actually had a, um, a middle schooler, uh, who, who's passed away suddenly from a health condition that nobody, I don't think realized that he had. And, hmm. um, you know, and so Jackson reached out to me and said, I just, I don't know what to say to these kids. I know them, you know, and, and, and it breaks my heart too. And I just don't know what to say to him. And so, you know, I just talked and over the phone at that point because of COVID and stuff. And then, um, just, you know, have looked for opportunities to have conversations with him off and on. And then I've, you know, realized, Hey, that, you know, their, their team is, uh, one win away from the state tournament and I got to get out there. I got to get out there and watch him play. And so I got to sit in the stands with, with his mom and dad and, um, and, and cheer on his team, which was kind of funny because they were playing, you know, the high school that my kids go to. So, <laughs> but, but I, I, you know, I had to, I had to root for Jackson and his team that night. I, I, you know, just no, no way around that. So, but it was really cool, um, just to get out there and spend some time with his family and to see, I mean, they, 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 you know, they lost. They didn't, they didn't make it to the state tournament, but just to be able to, to shit, you know, give him a hug and give him a high five after the game. And, um, that was really cool. That, that's cool, Dan. And, and that really um, seems to be a theme as far as how you're trying to lead your ministry. And that is you're very relational, very on the level of, you know, the purposes of, of using the relationship to help people grow closer to the Lord. And I would think that that kind of goes back all the way to the beginning when you and I met um, and just a friendship that we struck up. And, you know, maybe rather me tell the story because this is not let me let me preface this this is not pat gary on the back it's more of just sharing um you know two guys had a friendship and and if and, and anybody can do that and if you need me yeah. to do more than like pat on the back i'm sitting right across the table from him so if I'm, <laughs> dan, dan has dan has enough stories in fact maybe we'll have time to get into some of those stories because it gets good i mean we actually uh lived in the same house together so he's got wow. he's got all kinds of stories you got some you got oh, some yeah. about me you got oh, some yeah. you got some good uh gary bribe material don't you yeah he's i might i might he probably has some on me though <laughs> but uh yeah i mean you know, so I, I, I was in, um, I was in, in grad school and, you know, because what do you do if, if you have, you, you get your undergraduate degree and you haven't lined up a job yet and things are, you know, things are looking a little bleak. Well, for me at the time, I was like, well, I'm going to go, I'm going to go to grad school because then I don't have to pay my student loans back yet. Um, and so I went to grad school here at Marshall and you know, I didn't really get to know Gary super well in the journalism school at Marshall. He and I were in the journalism school together, but he was like a year or so behind me. Yeah, Dan, um, Dan I didn't was older. Yes. Still. Several, year, several um, years older. Uh-huh. <laughs> Go ahead. Sorry. Who ran, who this is your testimony. Today? What, what was that? <laughs> right. <laughs> uh, no, I, I better not brag on that because then I'll, I'll wake up tomorrow not able to do it. But, um, uh, anyway, so, you know, um, I, I went, I would go back to our student newspaper at Marshall, which was kind of the hub for, you know, the print journalism school there. And, 
uh, that program. And I would go back and I would, you know, I would go back and see, you know, some people that I knew. And it was really around that time that I first started getting to talk um, to Gary because he was, he was in kind of a more of a leadership role at the school newspaper that year. And, um, and so, you know, we, we were able to, to strike up some conversations and uh, we had a common interest in sports, you know, I mean, it's, that's not unusual for, you know, for a couple guys that both like sports, um, uh, you know, Marshall had a really good football team around on that time. And, and so we would talk about that and, and Gary, you know, um, in a way that, you know, that only Gary, I think maybe can do, he just, he just kind of subtly invited me to church. He wasn't pushy. Uh, it wasn't weird. It wasn't like, you know, so I know we've been talking about sports, but what do you think about church? Uh, I mean, Gary just, he was just able to just, it was, and here's the thing. The reason that I think that Gary was able to do that is because his relationship with Christ was his life. Um, it wasn't out of character for him. He didn't have to switch gears. You see what I'm saying? Like he didn't. You kind of, you kind of have to. You kind of knew it before, before the th- conversation ever came up, then kind of to a certain extent. I mean, you, you, I could tell that there was something different, you know, about him. Um, he had a quieter spirit about himself. He, seemed at peace, uh, you know, with, with just everything. It seemed like, you know, whereas, you know, the craziness in a, in a newsroom, even in college is, um, kind of off the charts at times, but get, you know, Gary just had a calmness about him. And, um, so hit, you know, his relationship with looking back, I think that's why I don't even really remember exactly how he invited me to church because it didn't stand out to me. It was just like, Oh, uh, okay. I mean, maybe I will sometime, you know, as, an unsaved 20 something year old guy would do. Maybe I will sometime, you know, and, um, but that, that's just kind of how, that's kind of how it started, you know? So those conversations didn't start out with, uh, the Bible. They didn't necessarily start out with, you know, certainly theology or anything along those lines. It started out on a common interest, but he wasn't hesitant to, you know, to, to, to bring Christ and the local church into our conversations. Mm. You know, that's, that's cool to hear that too, because that is one of the, one of the things that we try to do through the podcast is just encourage people in that realm that that you know so much so many times I think people think that um, you know it's like they don't see they don't see Christianity they don't see evangelism outside of the church it's almost like uh, it's almost like the only place that somebody can get saved and the only place their life can be changed is inside the church and they don't necessarily see. You know, I've, I've seen a lot, heard a lot of situations where, you know, well, a pastor, you know, so-and-so, so-and-so uh, wants to get to know Jesus. Can you, can you share it? You know, they don't, in other words, we don't, it's, it's yeah. like, it, we've gotten coming to church confused with being the church. And one of the challenges we've trying to do, because for, for both Gary and I, we're for, for the whole team, basically everything that we do here is relational type, like, just like that, you know, we, uh, if I go to a hardware store or, or something like that uh, or whatever, building those relationships and it doesn't have to be the first time you meet somebody and you're paying for, you know, a box of screws that you have to say, you know, if you died right now, do you know where you can, you know what I'm saying? It can you could build that relationship right. with them. And that's so important because you leave that door open in the future. You know, probably you came out swinging with confrontational uh, evangelism at that moment. Um, things may may have been different. Who knows? Yeah, yeah I would jump in exactly. there and say, and, yeah, if I jump in, I, I would just say that I, I, you know, I was concerned about Dan's soul, but I, I cared about him as a friend too. I mean, it, it, the friendship just grew. And so it, 
it, it, it was just, it was natural because we just, we struck up this common interest and, and yes, I, you know, I wanted to, you know, see him receive the Lord. And so I think I invited, I think the, one of the first things you went to with me was a, a gospel concert, wasn't it? What? Oh yeah, that was, uh, that yeah. was an so, interesting right. experience. We're, you guys are about to be, da- you get, you're about to date yourself, aren't you? Like <laughs> time-wise, like, because uh, this was what, middle when? No, well, this, this is nineties. Like, yeah, nineties. This is nineteen ninety. Fall, fall of ninety seven is when I really first got to talking to Gary, and then the gospel concert he's referring to is. I guess they still do it. I really don't know, but it was. Uh, it was like a yearly event. Obviously, it was. Um, it was New Year's Eve, and and Gary invited me to go to this Southern Gospel concert on New Year's Eve. You know, I had been coming to church with him off and on for maybe a month or so, and. Uh, um, maybe a little bit longer, but, um, I mean, I'll be honest with you. That was the last thing that I wanted to do on New Year's Eve was go to some, some Southern gospel concert. I and mean, it, pro- it probably still Gary, is, but, but for different reasons. <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, you know, while I appreciate, uh, aspects of certain, uh, certain Southern gospel music, it's definitely not, you know, my favorite genre, but you know, the, as long as the message is solid, that's all that matters. But um, yeah, not, not, not top of my list, but you know, I mean, so Gary, now at that point, you know, Gary, he didn't play it quite as subtle at that point, but we knew each other by that time. And he, uh, when I told him, I wasn't sure that that was, that I was going to be free that night. He said, well, I already got you a ticket. <laughs> oh boy. So, and actually, interestingly enough, you know, it's just part of, it's just part of my story of faith. Um, how, how God broke through to me is at that Southern Gospel concert, you know, I'm looking around me and I'm like, I, I don't know everybody here, you know, in this auditorium, but I know that these people for some reason have chosen to come here to, to worship Jesus tonight. And I just, I got that sense of, it was like, it was a, it was truly a fork in the road for me. It's like, you got one or two ways to go here, buddy. Um, you can keep living your life the way you've been trying to live it, you know, with one foot in the world and, and maybe one foot kind of inching towards God, whatever that meant to me at that point. Or you, you can, you can just say yes to Christ and you can, and you can be all in. Cause I had heard the gospel, um, by that point. And it was just like, it was, it was, it was as, as real as like watching a scene in, in a, in a show, just thinking back on it. It was really that kind of a stark hmm. contrast between here is, this is what it looks like to, to, to truly be in Christ. And then, or, you know, yeah, you can go on back out to the world and you know what's going on out in the world on a night like New Year's Eve. Um, you know, you're going to go back to that. Uh, you know, you know where that leads and, and you know, because you've heard the gospel, you know, where, um, where, where that narrow path uh, of following Jesus leads. And it was, it was that night that I was like, I got to do something. <laughs> hmm. And so it wasn't that far, uh, it wasn't that long after that you received the Lord. Is that, am I remembering correctly? Yeah, you're right. It was, um, in fact, it was that very next Sunday. I think that may have been on a, that may have been on like a Friday, uh, something like that. Anyway, so, so Saturday comes and I, I'm putting off this phone call that I feel like I need to make because again, could I, could I have just talked to Gary? Yeah, I could have just talked to Gary, but like a lot of, people who have grown up in, you know, traditional church life, which I, I did have a church background. Um, I thought, well, I need to call the pastor. I need to talk to the pastor, you mm. know, <laughs> which, 
you know, which is fine. It worked out. But mm-hmm. all these years later, I realized, you know, that there's a lot of people who still think I've got to talk to the pastor. And, yeah, you got in. You know, I mean, at the end of the day, I mean, I did. it wasn't it wasn't <laughs> difficult. I mean, our uh, David Lemming, the pastor at Lewis Memorial, was gracious enough to to talk to me in between, uh, you know, in between the two morning services. And and I really appreciated that. Um, and he he led me to Christ on that that next Sunday morning. And it was you know probably maybe uh, two days after that. Um and uh, I don't know. It was a, it was definitely a life changing, a life changing moment. And um, really, all all that time just kind of rolled in together. What brings me to like a life changing moment. It wasn't just that moment sitting in his office. It was everything leading up to that, and all these years after. So. Yeah, I was telling Jason that uh, it was interesting about that time because there were several of us that were getting together from the church. Um, you know, if we want to use the word organically, uh, it was not a program of the church. You know, we had no sanction from the church. I mean, it wasn't outlawed, but it just, it wasn't, this was before small groups were even a thing, you know, at, 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 at Lewis anyway. And, um, yeah. and so, but we would get together after Sunday evenings and at one of those, um, shortly after your salvation or maybe even before, I don't know, but I do know right after you started participating too. And so it was, there was an opportunity to connect a new believer with other friends in, in the in the body, um, other brothers and sisters in the body, and that helped that help um, that helped you too with a, a network and with a, with people surrounding you. And I think all it, that was it just did. Yeah. it really did. Yeah, I mean, so like that like that night in that at that concert, it wasn't just you know I mean it wasn't like Gary and I just went to this concert by ourselves. You know he. Um, you know, he, he was with friends. We had a, there was a group of us that went and then a lot of the same folks, um, you know, people that were in their, you know, early twenties, early to late twenties. Uh, some of, some of these, some of these folks were married. Some of us weren't, um, some of us were single. Some of us were dating or engaged or whatever. It was like this mixture of people in their twenties, uh, or early thirties and Sunday night after church, you know, we would go to, to somebody's house and we would just have this, um, you know, we, it, it wasn't like we just hung out. I mean, we did open the word, but it wasn't, you know, it, like Gary said, it was not programmed mm-hmm. and it was not something that the, that the church had said, you know, we're, we've got this ministry, we've got this program. Uh, this is what everybody's doing. Uh, wasn't that way at all. It was, it was very organic and it was encouraging for me to be able to see, uh, that there were, there was, there were multiple people who had a passion for the Lord, had a passion for the truth because that that just gives that reinforcement that you're like you know hey you know what i'm not alone i've got people Hmm. all around me who are who are figuring out this what it means to follow jesus together so uh, one thing i want to ask that i kind of pointedly uh, just for those who are listening so there was vulnerability in your meetings people were were honest about their struggles people were honest about what they were going through it wasn't just uh you need to come you need to come be with us because we're really good people and you're going to learn from us. But it was a, sounds to me like it was very, very, um, you know, transparent. We all need grace. Yeah. We all need the daily, daily sanctifying grace. Yeah. That's definitely how I remember it. I I don't remember feeling out of place there as a new believer who was still struggling with lots of things. Um, I felt very comfortable, you know, being able to just be there with people who were, uh, you know, who were, I mean, somewhat like me. I mean, 
some of them a lot further along in the faith, but never felt like I was left ever. Which is like two real key things about discipleship. I think number one is, um, I think there's something very important about that, that vulnerable informal atmosphere where somebody can open their heart and, and see that, that we're not perfect. And I think that's cool that you experienced that. I, I told Gary, and I may have shared in the podcast here, but um, I led a Bible study and participated with and then led a Bible study at Michigan Tech University. I went to a Bible college up in Wisconsin, and uh, we went up to Michigan Tech every week. And um, <clears throat> we had a formal time where we we did a actually, you know, a formal study, not a formal, but, you know, you know, we put the desks in a circle kind of thing. And we we did a kind of a prescripted study type thing. But it seems like min- most of the ministry that took place was at Burger King over $1 Whopper night, you know, sitting down at Burger King and just chatting and opening hearts up. And, and so many people um, expressed their struggles and needs. And that was when I feel like most of the ministry took place. And then when, you know, uh, when we were in Venezuela, the same thing. I mean, I love pulpit ministry. I love teaching, love preaching and, and all that. But <clears throat> I feel like most of the change that took place was in my living room. So... Dan, how has that uh, shaped you as far as uh, just your experience and, and getting exposed to, you know, that uh, network of friends that were all on the same journey as yourself? And, you know, how has that shaped you as you've grown in Christ and then now you're a pastor? I mean, I know there's uh, there's a lot of uh, ups and downs, mountains and valleys between when you got saved and today. But if you could kind of summarize, how has that experience uh, helped you in your ministry today and, and, and how does that play out? I, I think we kind of already touched upon it. You know, the, you shared two examples, uh, running with this, this guy from your church, running, uh, running up to see someone, you know, a kid that's taken interest in, 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 in the church, uh, you know, play 30 minutes away, you know, showing, you know, building those, those friendships. But, uh, maybe you could elaborate on that. Just, you know, put a better yeah, polish um, on it. <laughs> well, so what, I, what I think, you know, it has it has been the foundation upon which upon which my my journey of faith you know was built because here's the thing you know it wasn't within just maybe a few years and life was changing for all of us who were doing that informal you know get together we want to call it a small group or whatever um, life changed for all of us you know we mm. we ended up going different directions you know Gary of course you headed uh, you know, to, well, you, you married Allison, best decision ever. Correct. Um, and then and, headed south. And, and and then headed south, also the uh, second best decision ever, because that's where God has has, has placed you uh, you guys for the last 20 years. Wow, has it been that long? Well, anyway. Um, but, you know, that so people went different directions. And I think what happened in my life is that I stayed plugged in to that same local church, which is a phenomenal local church, by the way. But because of, I guess, oh man, I don't know. It's kind of hard to describe. For some reason, I ended up feeling like I needed to become, you know, a more of more of a programmed, um, <laughs> uh, a programmed person, a, a person who's following Jesus, who who checks all these boxes and does all these things. And that, that wasn't, you know, that wasn't the, the church that that pushed that on me. That was something that, for some reason, I felt like you know, this is just what you're supposed to do or whatever. And I, if I had opened up about that, if I had even maybe even realized it at the time and I had talked to my pastor about it, I'm sure he would have steered me in the right direction. But, um, but, but I, you know, I did kind of end up 
falling into that trap of, you know, I, I need to go, you know, I need to go this route. I need to do, you know, take these classes. I need, and there's nothing wrong with any of those things, but for, for me and for, for the way I'm wired, it kind of moved me, you know, more towards the programmed aspect of, of ministry. And, but that foundation of relationship and the fact that Gary and I have stayed connected for all these years, um, and he and I talk all the time about, you know, we really need to connect more, but you know, I mean, we, we do the best we can. I think we do pretty well, but, um, so now that I've been in the role that I'm in for six years, you know, it, it has just, it has really been eye opening to me. You know, the local church absolutely needs to refocus on Christ centered relationships not program-driven relationships, but Christ-centered relationships. And here's the thing, what I've experienced, you know, we launched small groups in our church. Our church had small groups years ago. Um, They kind of fizzled. When I came, uh, I gave it some time, and then I really felt like there was a point in time when I needed to to start that. And so we we kind of relaunched small groups. Here's the thing about small groups. Those are merely opportunities for discipleship. Mm -hmm. You cannot cannot force discipleship in those groups. You can't make it happen. You can't program it. It's not possible. Um, people have to want that kind of a relationship. And, you know, there, you know, there are some people, you know, within our small group that I feel like I've developed that relationship. There are other people that, that I haven't, you know, and, and mm-hmm. that's just, that's just the way that life is. But, um, that, that's what the, that's what groups and organized ministries and programs and all those things like events. I'm not a big event guy when it comes to church events because I've just, over the years, I'm just kind of not so sure how effective that those really are, you know, but a good solid event, listen, that can be an opening for a relationship to be formed. But that's what, that's the goal is to, is to see that Christ-centered relationship, that the Christ-centered relationship formed um, through which, you know, the, uh, the, the Holy Spirit works, through which the Word of God takes root, you know, uh, for, you know, for men and women, iron sharpening iron. I know we men claim that verse a lot more, obviously, but um, you know that—that's what—that's what has to happen in, in the church, as I've experienced it, because programs leave people. Um, yeah, they can be a launching they people, point. They leave people empty. A, a launching pad. Yeah, I think what you're saying, you know, that they. Yeah. They can be a connection point, and they certainly can serve, but they are not the end of. Yeah, I think yeah. I think that's the key because it's not it's the so I think we have for a long time looked at the program being the end all and really the program is nothing more than a way a pathway for us to be able to build those relationships like I mean yeah, pathway. Um, I like that like that's the, good. Yeah, well, let's pathway. coin it let's write a book I think somebody's already talked about that but. <laughs> discipleship <laughs> pathway right. yeah so all right sorry I'm so like what do I get plagiarism now is that no the, no we won't tell anybody there's uh, only 30 people listening to us so. <laughs> <laughs> so anyway, no, but I, I did. I think that's so cool because, again, I think we, and you know, the, what you were talking about too, as far as is, for lack of a better way to say it. By the way, if you hear stuff in the background, we got teen group going on here in a couple of minutes, and so you'll catch a couple of voices. We call this a very organic podcast because we're in we're in a room, so you'll hear the echoes behind us. But, um, you know, it, it, it's easy for us to get into performance-based legalistic Christianity. And it's really, I don't care how long you've been in the ministry. I don't care how well you understand grace. It's just, it's so easy to go back to because we want something to be able to measure ourselves and be able to say, hey, God, look what I did. And and it's hard right. to get away from 
that mentality. But I love the idea, and this is what we're really trying to encourage. You know, I, I we, my family and I served in Venezuela for four years, and our just like you're doing is exactly kind of how we did. Our living room was a major ministry point. Um, you know, we had a pulpit ministry. We taught and we did the, the whole Sunday school and all that kind of stuff. But it was, like I said, I think more was done in our home. And so when we came home and we see program, 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 my passion was like, man, you guys need to, you need to experience what it is just to get to know somebody and pour into them and build that relationship and let God let God develop that person. It's not a, it's not a five steps or seven steps or this book or that book. It's just spending time with people. Yeah, I would, I would, I would echo that because I would say there was, there was this natural discipleship that was going on in our, in the early days, but I, that wasn't even lingo I was using with, with Dan. It wasn't like, Dan, let me disciple Mm -hmm. you. And while he just jumped in on the same journey I was on. And so as I was still growing in the Lord, here's Dan, who's now growing in the Lord, and we're kind of doing life together and walking with the Lord together. I mean, you, you just brought an incredible point out, Gary, which is so great for the podcast and, and, and for hopefully people here, the 30 people who are listening. And that is that it wasn't you weren't better than him. You weren't higher than him. You weren't more spiritual than him. You were on the same journey together. And and he never got the, from what I'm understanding, never got the impression that you felt like you were better than him. Oh, uh, there may have been a time or two, but you know, I, well, I don't know. <laughs> well, and he, I mean, he did. He, he didn't invite you to a cool concert. He invited you to a Southern Gospel concert. So you know, maybe if you. <laughs> No, no, we, we actually, there, there's a story that we, I don't even know if we want to go here on this, but there is a story that we were, we laugh about. We've laughed about it for almost 20 years now. Um, but just, uh, yeah, I don't know, Dan. I mean, you better jump in. Uh Oh, uh, take it away, Dan. Oh, uh, okay. All right. So are we, are we going to, are we going to talk about the, the PlayStation? Yeah, well, go ahead. You brought it up. Did they even have those I mean, back? Did they, they, so, okay. did they even have those in the nineties? PlayStation 90s? one, right. I think. So, Uh-oh. so we, we had a PlayStation, um, the gra- you know, the football players that we were playing, you know, the old EA sports, NCAA football, the football players looked like blobs that moved around the screen <laughs> compared to what you see today. But anyway, we thought it was awesome. And, uh, Gary just kind of, I don't know if he already knew before we don't, don't tell me if you already knew because I don't want to know. Um, Gary stumbled upon, I'll, I'll, I'll just, I'll just tell myself that Gary stumbled upon a glitch in that game as we were playing and he figured out a way to get onside kicks every single time. And no matter what I did, I was never able to catch up. He, he just, I mean, he was relentless. I think he, I don't know how how many points he beat me by. And, and I'm actually, listen, I may actually consider telling this story this week because we're going through the Sermon on the Mount and this week we're in Matthew 5, 21 through 26 talking about, talking about anger. Listen to those uh, that weep. And, <laughs> so here's what I did. I got I got so mad that I slammed the controller down and I stomped upstairs and I was like, I'm out of here. <laughs> oh no. Oh no. The friend, that was our first big test of the friendship, I think. <laughs> yeah, it was. It was. I think we. I think we moved through that one pretty quickly because we had a lot of other bonding moments. We lived. Yeah. Uh, uh, we lived. We lived kind of out a little ways. And when you when you have some woods around your house, you got to watch out for spiders. And I'm telling you, I don't know what what it was with this house we lived in, but we had some massive spiders that we had to kill. And I'll also tell you, if you have ant spray 
and that's all you got, don't spray the pregnant spider with yeah. ant spray Uh-oh. because it's just going to make a mess. Yeah, I remember that. I mean, man, all those spiders started crawling all over the stairs. And it was crazy. And so, we, we made some great, great memories, stuff that we still talk about. So, so, yeah. so sometimes the discipleship involves a little bit of spider spider killing skills. Spider killing, uh, throwing controllers, uh, realizing that the okay. game is not that important. The friendship is more important, you know, those type of things, uh, which, you know, was interesting because the other night I I think I actually said something to that effect because I always give we we always give each other a hard time. I I give Dan a hard time about the onside kicks and he couldn't recover them. And so I was running (laughs) up the score on him. But really, um, you know, if I were he takes it in good, good sport, but. Really, okay, so maybe there was an anger issue that came to the surface there. I mean, just talking really just transparent here, but there was an issue for me that I, I wasn't sensitive to what that was doing. You know what I'm saying? We're just playing, but I was, like, so concerned about winning that I got <laughs> so in the zone of winning the game. Was that healthy on my part? No, I don't think so. Now, we would typically say throwing the controller down, stomping upstairs um, is the worst sin, but really I had to learn something too, and so – you know, not to, I mean, here's the preacher in me coming out, you know, let's make this, a <laughs> yeah, you know, but, but, but still there, I, think, I mean, it's a valid point. In, in just yeah. a moment, we're going to have an invitation. So, uh, um, no, no, but it's, it's, and, and unfortunately it was lost on me, uh, because, because then when I had the opportunity to come to the Dominican a few years later, uh, and, and there was a particularly tall, um, kid on the team that we were playing against and it was not an official game we were just messing around and it was in an orphanage and i had no idea what i was doing before i knew it i was blocking this kid's shot <laughs> i mean this poor little dominican orphan and i'm like what am i doing <laughs> well, yeah, i still give you a hard time about that i mean that that kid's now in ministry he just took over a um a spanish church in chattanooga tennessee and so that's uh, awesome but you blocked his shot when he was like eight years old. And so, oh boy. I mean, Dan he, threw the ball. He may, like, he may, <laughs> it was horrible. <laughs> he may hunt me down and try to find me just so he can get me back one day. I don't know. <laughs> Poor kid. <laughs> no, you know, I, I, Dan, thanks so much for taking time uh, out of your uh, running and um, you, you, taking time out of your schedule. I mean, there's so much more. We, we'll need to have you on again some point. Um, because there's, there's a family life. There's so much in your life that God has done and things that you would just love to share and be an encouragement to the people that, that do, that, that are listening or will listen in the future and would love to have you back. But do want to say thank you for sharing this part. I would love to do that. that Absolutely. It's been a, it's been a privilege. It really has been. And it's just a credit to, to God working, um, through, you know, through, through Gary and through relationships. I just, I, I hope that, that, uh, that those who listen to this, that if they'll take, if they'll take that away, just the importance of relationships, yeah. um, that'll be worth it. Yeah. That's what I was telling uh, to tell Jason is that this is not pat me on the back. There was nothing I did. I don't think that I did anything that was super hard to do. I really feel like anybody that's saved, that loves the yeah. Lord and, and wants to see others come to know him. I, I, I hadn't even graduated from from seminary. I, I, there was nothing that there was no theological discussion. We were doing discipleship right. without it even being uh, formally discipleship. Right. It was it, just life. It wasn't every second yep. either that you were you were you know preaching them in the hell either. You guys sat down and beat each other up over a, a, yeah, a football a play. game, right? So there was yep. other there was other relationship or friendship building moments where 
he didn't feel like it was you better than him, but he, you guys were just genuine friends and what was inside came out and, and, but be it good or bad, yeah. <laughs> but you know, so man, this is just so much has been become my passion. And yeah. we talk, Gary and I talk about it a lot. It becomes, it's a, it's a theme in a lot of the podcast, but if there's anything we can encourage people with, it would be this. And I really appreciate your testimony and that, especially what you're doing, because you've seen the value of relational, uh, we'll call it relational evangelism. I mean, just, you know, re- re- relational discipleship. And so, um, people just pouring into people is I'm reading and studying this a lot because we get ready to teach a class on personal evangelism. And there really is no difference between evangelism and discipleship. And we've, we've kind of created that in the church. Yeah, we've kind of said that right. there's one, you know, well, let's go evangelize. Well, you know what, if you're going to start that relationship, you need to, you need to, you need to help that person. You need right, to continue. work them through and yeah. go the, walk with them as they go through different difficulties. And that was the cool thing about the informal, right. informal, non-sanctioned, you know, to get together that you had, he got to see you guys face, you know, difficulties and how did you face it? And yeah, it was hard, but he got to see Jesus in you through those situations, vulnerability, yeah. all those things. So listen, man, I really thoroughly appreciate it. I appreciate your testimony and, and, uh, I really appreciate what you're doing for the kingdom because I think this is so important. And, and if we could just encourage people to build those relationships, let, let God do the changing, just, just be, sure. be that ambassador and and be that person yeah. ready to share the news. But in the end, and that's what I, I really want to encourage in this class, the, the end, the end deals between that person and God. I can't fix that relationship. They have to, they have to repent. They have to get to know him, but I can sure facilitate the meeting in the sense of, of opening my heart and living Jesus in front of, of them and letting them see Jesus in me. So Dan, yeah. it's been wonderful. We'll have you on here again, I'm sure at some point. And uh, would love to hear more of your story and and more of uh, you know how how the Lord's using you and 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 some things that you've learned along the way. So I look up to you. And I know you always tell me you look up to me, but man, uh, in many I ways, I think you've you've passed me on this. And so I just uh, I really respect you. I love you. And um, Dan, it's it's so good. The I, the iPad's on the table, so he's technically looking down at you right now. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. With a tear in my good. eye. With, With a tear, a tear in, in my eye. eye. Yeah. You're special, yeah. bro. I love you too, my brother. Yeah, I feel the same way. Absolutely. 100%. Say hi All to right. the family. God bless you, man. Thanks for being we'll with you us. Too. All right. All right. God bless you guys too. Bye. Right. Bye. Bye. Well, guys, thank you so much for being with us. I hope that's been an encouragement to you. Go out in your community, make, make friendships, make relationships. Let God. Let God convict hearts. Let God do open up that uh, conviction in their hearts, but let him do it through you. Be ready to to share who Christ is in your life and um, be the ambassador. Be the ambassador. Thanks for being with us. We'll see you guys next time. Thanks again for listening to the Vision Life 365 podcast. Be sure to check out our website, visionlife365.org. And be sure to subscribe to our podcast for a new episode each and every week. Thanks so much for being a part and being with us here. And we look forward to being with you again next week.